The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Homeland Chronicles. I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it sing-songy. I don't know. It was fine. It worked out. Um, I have a bit of a uh, flashback type of story before we start our hoe of history. All right. That will- lead us into why I chose the woman that I chose today. Oh, segues are great. (laughs) I feel like I should take this little broad thing I have off for this. Yep, I'm gonna do it. (laughs) I haven't had time to change my damn clothes. Uh, So, um, over the weekend, it was a Saturday morning, I received a random text message from a, a phone number that I didn't have saved in my phone. And it was a guy asking me, I don't know how I was doing or just something basic, you know, probably nothing much more than a, Hey, (laughs) you mean it wasn't one of those people trying to help you sell your house or no, you know, Mm -mm. Hey, one of those scammers that, Hey, I'm in town and -and so-and-so, Oh, this is the wrong number. We should hang out anyway. No, I pulled up my text chain and it came through on Saturday at 7.37 a.m. Oh, my fucking God. What is wrong with you, bro? And it says, how's how's your summer? (laughs) Oh, that's when you know. And I I responded back two hours later. Of course. When, you know, a typical person would feel like getting onto their phone on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Saturday <laughs> afternoons is generally when I get on my, I, my shit's on fucking silent for so long on Saturdays. Cause I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, who is this? And he said, well, I won't say his name. He said his name and that we chatted a few years ago. Oh, not a good start. I don't and, know if I love this start. And I said, I'm going to need a picture. Good for you. <laughs> because <sighs> you're not helping me out here. You're not giving me any information. Yeah. Um, it's something that Seth did to me once upon a time. Just, <laughs> I just want you to know I'm sorry. I'm like, for who is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? So he sends me a picture and like, he looks good in the picture. And so I said, Did this you, is not jogging you know who, my memory. No, wait <laughs> no. a second. Hang on a moment. Are you being catfished? I thought so. Right. So I was like, this is not jogging my memory, but I could see why I would have swiped right. <laughs> Get it, girl. Um, yeah, don't don't let nobody catch you slipping. <laughs> yeah. So. I just, you know, was very direct and said, so what made you randomly text me at 7.37 a.m. on a Saturday? Who are you? How do I know you? And why are you doing this to me? He's like, well, we got far enough to share numbers and have a convo back in 2020. Bro. (laughs) What the fuck? Did he like, I am, I've got so many questions. I know. Me too. I had so many. 
So he says, I get up at five. So sorry. I thought it was later. No, than it was. No, it was not. Five and I said, what? what are you doing? I was like, well, I didn't hear it. So at least I didn't like wake up. So no worries there. I'm like, but you still didn't answer why though. Like just disregarding my questions. Well, I mean, it was semantics. <laughs> so you know, he what says, was the purpose of your text. Right. So he says, how have you been? Still didn't answer. Okay. Nope. <laughs> uh, eventually he says, well, we had a, a decent convo way back then. And I just wondered if you were still single. So many questions still. It, yes. It's not helpful. It, it's not. I can see why you likely were like, I'm good on this one. <laughs> and just blocked him out completely. Oh, no. I was down for the adventure. The first time? Huh? The oh, no. Time. The first, you mean the first time when yeah. we matched? He probably pissed you off, faced out, or yeah, didn't respond with very like conversational messages or whatever. So we probably ghosted each other or something because yeah. I'm sitting here having to repeat myself 700 times. <laughs> um, so again, me trying to get to the root of this. Listen, bud, I'm done with the small talk. Why the <laughs> fuck are you contacting me again? I said, yes, I happen to be single. Did you recently go through a breakup and then scroll through the uh, old Rolodex? <laughs> Ye old Apple Apple. <laughs> the old dating Rolodex. God, the digital Rolodex. You re-download all your dating apps and then you see all the messages you had. <gasps> oh, what I, that adventure. never happened. Anytime I re-download an app, everything from before was gone. Like I delete everything out every time. Oh, okay. I just wipe it all clean. I've only and it's the same thing once. with phone numbers in my phone. Like the reason I didn't have him saved is because it never went anywhere. So I delete you. <coughs> yeah. I delete everything. Yeah, I get it. Um, so his answer to my Rolodex question was no, that he's been single for a bit. So I'm like, this is not going anywhere. Listen, simple Jack. <laughs> yeah, this is not going anywhere. Um, so we have some small talk and uh, just general conversation and stuff throughout the day. He asked me what I'm up to that night, which I did not have plans. So I was like, nothing exciting, you know? So he asks me if I want to get a drink and in my head, I'm like, not, well, this is not typical for me to be mentally prepared for a Saturday night in and then swap my plans around 530 PM yeah. <laughs> where I have to actually like, I'm too old for that kind of dressed and everything, you nah, know, we're good. And, um, but we can meet at the patio somewhere. How's that? <laughs> like in, a, in an hour, I'll be there in an hour. Uh, so anyway, I, I needed to like shower and stuff anyway. So I was like, well, life's an adventure. <laughs> so he asked if I want to drink and I go, sure. Why not? <laughs> like might as well. And then he asked if I've been to see this baseball team at a local park. 
And I didn't, I was like, wait, is that baseball? Like, cause he used the team name. <laughs> Hang on a second. I'm not so fluent in the sports. Woo-hoo. And so anyway, I just was down with the fact that like he was making the plan. He was coming up with the idea. It's not exactly how I'd want to spend my evening, but at least there was an activity to be able to take the attention off of the two of us or just me, you know, staring at him as if we went to like get coffee or a drink or something. At least there's like other things to pay attention to (laughs) when you're watching a game. Right. And there's people watching and stuff. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, so (laughs) you're going to die when you hear what happens. Oh God, here we go. I was not going to be vibrating with exciting. exciting. Yeah. I was not going to be able to get there when the game started. It was not enough notice. I suggested I would get there about halfway through. And I'm like, you can get there early if you'd like. I can't be there till eight. So I cook and make dinner, shower, all that stuff. Don't mind if I just casually make myself a full meal before I do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and a full shower. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't want to uh, be starving or get roped into like. Oh, I get it. You know, trust me. I get it now with him. No, yeah, I'm hundred percent there. Um, so as I'm driving there or when I leave the house, I say I'm leaving like any special parking instructions. He tells me to park at this like golf and batting cages place. That's across the street. And when I get there, I say, I'm here. It looks like I need to walk across the street to the field. And he's like, no, stay here. He got there early and was hitting balls at the batting cages. And so when he comes and like walks up to me, he's super sweaty. Hang on. And- was it like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, that fucking. No. Okay. The no. world doesn't stop. No, because <laughs> the picture that he sent me was no longer accurate. For his current, oh, his quarantine weight, huh? Well, he was a little, yeah, he was a little bit heavier, but that wasn't the main thing. In the picture, he had like full beard. He walked up and had no facial hair. Um, so I was like, wait, like I didn't even recognize him. Oh God, awkward as fuck. So, but he recognized me, but he had never asked for a picture of me. What is going on? Okay. (laughs) I'm like, are you, are you interacting with a stalker now? (laughs) So anyway, he comes up to me and he like goes to like put his arm around me and like, give me a hug. And I like touch him. I'm like, oh God, you're so sweaty. Like I say that to him. Immediately. You need a TV show for this shit. What the (laughs) fuck? God bless America. That's so fucking funny. Oh, so, you're all sweaty. Hang on. You're wet. No, thank yeah. you. No, I literally was like, Ooh, like I made an ick face. Ooh. And um, so he walks over to his truck. So wait, was he still, did you find him attractive still without the beard or is it like a, it oh, was too jarring of a moment. <laughs> I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't Animal piece brain together. Went to sleep. Logical brain came front and center. <laughs> I was panicking. It was too jarring of a moment moment. for me to figure out if I thought he was attractive or not. 
So he goes over to his truck, which he told me that he he was in construction for like his for his work or carpentry carpentry okay and so typically people who are in that profession have like a work truck and then like a nicer car yeah no no his work Mm -hmm. truck was like falling apart the wheel wells are like completely rusted out like holes and like it was bad and he walks over to his truck and he just is like he takes off his shirt and puts a new shirt on so i'm just like standing there and he pulls his shirt off (laughs) casually as one does again where is the fucking movie camera when you need it (laughs) because i can imagine you're just like yeah still jarred yes (laughs) i truly was and so we start walking to go across the street and I, it's just silent. Okay. Because I'm like, sure. I'm in front of him and I'm just like processing. <laughs> and so he starts to make conversation. I don't remember even what he was saying. Oh my God. Um, and so then like we get a drink and we sit down and the conversation's a bit of a struggle. Shocking. Um, like I said, thankfully, there were many other things to pay attention to. <laughs> um, however, I I felt like I was doing a lot of the asking, but that might just be a skewed perception. He could have been asking me things, too. I just it just wasn't flowing. You know, I have a feeling you were doing all the legwork. I don't know. I feel like he. it's not that he wasn't interested. I'm sure he was interested, but it was just awkward because he didn't know how to be interested. I don't know. So anyway, this man man fucking texted you after three fucking years. You have vacated him from your brain, which you don't do very often. With all these guys, I do that. I don't like make an actual connection with that. I mean, let's say we move off the app, but then it doesn't actually move to meeting in person. I, I don't enough. let my brain take up any space on them. That's fair. I see that for me. I feel like that's one of those useless pieces of information my brain would latch on to. Like, but I also would have saved them in my phone as like total fucking weirdo or some shit like that. So I didn't. But I delete them. Like, if I, I have no purpose for I them, I delete them because I, I don't didn't. want their energy in my that's, phone. That's fair. I protect myself different ways. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm nosy, but not that fucking nosy. Um, so while we're sitting there, uh, I'm learning about what he does and like the transition in his career and stuff because he actually used to model. And before the pandemic, he was like one of those product expert type model guys that was at car shows that knew like all about like the different vehicles and stuff. Like he has very strong features but then after the or during the pandemic or whatever he switched to building decks well yeah you can't be a a product model when you can't model products right so he like lived in new york up until like five years ago blah 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 so anyway um he asked if i want to like get a drink or do something after the game ends 
And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to dig in more about why he texted me. Like, mm-hmm. I still was curious. So I'm like, okay. so jarred. <laughs> so well, jarred. There's, there's so many people around you. And like the seats are so close to that. I was kind of being conscientious about what I was asking and what we were talking about. And so I suggest going to this bar that's across the street and we get into conversation about just like current events and things that are going on. And then I finish my glass of wine and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot again to ask you, how did this happen today? <laughs> my God. That was a funny shot. It's so <laughs> he's like again I forgetting to ask you, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> A hundred percent. Well, we got caught up in talking about the the Carly <laughs> chick who like hoaxed yeah, her own kidnapping, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, and well, all of a sudden, and I was like, her time, she's an idiot." I'm I, well, out, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Wait, I have my own investigation." <laughs> <laughs> Triggered. Pink. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. And um, he's like, "Well, I was scrolling through my contacts." And I came across you and I'm like, why were you scrolling through your contacts? And he's like, I don't know. I don't remember. And I'm like, "Mm, really? He's like, really? I don't know. He's like, is that not a good enough answer? I'm like, no. (laughs) Like, okay, whatever. I'm like, so you come across me. He's like, yeah, it stood out because um, I still had like the Memoji graphic of you as your uh picture you know connected to your contact or whatever and i don't know he just felt spry he was compelled actually you should have asked him to see what your contact looked like on his phone and then gone to the notes section (laughs) so then i'm like okay I still don't know what prompted you to text me though and he's like oh i I just we had a good conversation or whatever and i'm like Okay, whatever, dude. You're not going to tell me. I guess men really are that simpler, simple that there's nothing possible. I I have a feeling. Yeah, no, I have a feeling you just you stood out to him and he was like, yeah, I should should text her. Yeah, yeah. He's probably probably stuck in that era of when his life was like, okay ish. And now it's completely different if it's from 2020. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe there was still hope back then. (laughs) But then I go, well, you didn't ask me for a picture. I'm like, so did you save like my pictures or our previous text conversation or something? He's like, well, I still had our text messages. I'm like, oh, (laughs) from three years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I never save. Like if, if we didn't turn into anything, I've deleted all of it. He's like, you don't have our previous text. I'm like, no. I didn't no, why do you think save. I fucking asked who I you were, you dumb shit? Like, yeah, I'm on. like, <laughs> okay, c- clearly deductive reasoning is not his strong suit. Jesus Christ. And um, I'm like, so if you don't have my pictures or like, oh, like, I guess old information saved with it. I'm like, how did you know what I looked like? Like, how did you walk up to me so fast? He's like, well, your picture updated 
because now I don't have a emoji anymore. Remember that was like hot for like five seconds. So I have a real picture of what I look like currently as my profile. Mm. And so he used that as basically the justification of how to tell who I was in public. Cause I'm like, I feel like this was basically a blind date for me. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I have a feeling that was a date that probably never ha- happened because you didn't want it to. Maybe. I, I wonder like what your text message, con- I would have been like, give me that. I'm going to see my text message conversations with you. I would have been scrolling <laughs> through that bitch like a motherfucker. Just let me see real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I doubt that there's even to enough to scroll through though. I don't I think that we that texted that much. I said that to you and you still wanted to talk to me? What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I totally ended this. So then, um, I was like, so, you know, this is basically like a blind date for me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, how do you think it's going? <laughs> and I hey. said, um, I'm jarred. I said, well, you don't look like the photo that you sent me. He's like, well, yeah, I'm fat now. And I'm like, you're not fat. And that wasn't even the main thing. The main thing is the facial fat. hair. I'm fat. No, man, you don't have a beard. Yeah, like the main thing is the facial hair situation. But he also in this picture looks looks younger. And now from him doing uh outdoor carpentry, his skin and wrinkles and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Just he looks different. And I just was like, it's going okay-ish for what it is. And he was like, yeah, I agree. There's not really like fireworks. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Yes. Like, I can appreciate him for that. Like, yeah. I mean, well, <coughs> I was being honest. There's no reason for him to. No, it's funny because it's like, <laughs> he was like, I don't know. I just thought you're pretty. I thought maybe want to hang out and touch my butt later or something. Yeah. <laughs> You know, first base, touch my butt. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so anyway. So failed blind date on a Saturday. Right. How is this tied to the hoe of history? Well, you how, wonder? Did, how did it end is actually how I wonder right now. Did you guys end up just parting ways after that one? or? I mean, he walked me to my car and tried to kiss me, but I gave him the cheek. Yeah, see, I knew there was an ending that was going to be hilarious. This motherfucker says was trying no, to get laid. That's he says all there's he no, was trying to do. He says there's no fireworks, but then tries to kiss me. I don't yep. know. It's very confusing. That's No, it's not confusing. He lied. He wanted to fuck you. He didn't get it in. He thought maybe I'd get a kiss. He's forever hopeful. Simple, Jack. Hmm. Mm. Well, anyway, how does this tie to the hoe of history, Nicole? (laughs) (laughs) So during our conversation at the bar, when we were talking about current events and such, I mentioned that I had a podcast where we talk about women of history and other sorts of things. Yeah, there was a natural progression from today's current events to I was like oh well I kind of cover like past current events um anyway so I was telling him about the podcast and he actually suggested the woman that I'm going to talk about today not and- a fruitless evening after all <laughs> well thank you no so- beard 
I'm scrolling through our shared list of people. And I was like, I don't think I have her on the list. Well, so on the list, I had Mary Wollstonecraft. Okay. I remember okay. that name because I was like, what an aggressive name. <laughs> yeah. Mary Wollstonecraft. He suggested that I do Mary Shelley. Well, Mary Shelley is Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley. Oh, oh, that's funny. So Mary Wollstonecraft is the mother. Okay. And then if you look up Mary Shelley, you will see Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley because she's the daughter. She's the daughter and her married name is Shelley. Okay. And he was like basically suggesting that we do the daughter, but I think I had originally put the mother on the list. So we're going to get a little bit of a twofer today. All right. I like this episode already. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. Nicole did her shit right. I keep saying I'm in my season of living. You are. Here we go. Now, you know, 20 minutes in, I can get into our hope history, but- I thought you'd appreciate. No, I love. Listen, we just had a fucking traditional <laughs> Homance Chronicles story, and for the first time, and I don't even know how long. So thank you, thank you for bringing that back to the table. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's one of those situations where I typically would have said no, it wouldn't have entertained any of this, but. I'm not actively um, putting myself out there. And mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of a curiosity as well of like, well, if I don't go, am I missing out on something? Right. Yeah. That's how I know. I, that's how I always feel. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I mean, I, I'm sitting here going like, did universe just drop something amazing in my lap? And I'm sure going to be like, did. And <laughs> eh, it was okay ish. <laughs> Oh, I see what you mean. No, not really, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I will send you though the picture of himself that he sent me so that we can get your reaction because I'm sure your reaction is going to be worth it. Here we go. All right, waiting. All right. So like I said, today's hose of history is kind of a twofer. I'm going to try to do the best I can to keep all of this straight because there's a million names in this story and trigger warning. There's a lot of, um, death surrounding children. So yeah, I can see why you went ahead and did that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You can see, you can see from the picture where I was like, oh, and then I, never, I understand why I would have matched with you <laughs> and that I never responded to your text message. I hit, I hit all the right keys. I just never hit send. So, <laughs> <is that>. Sorry <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just left me on red. It's okay. <laughs> no, you were um, in my heart the whole time, you know? Yeah. You just were with me this entire time. <laughs> Uh, so Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin Shelley. Mm-hmm. That is a proper name. Uh, she's best known as the author of Frankenstein. Yes. So that's maybe where you know Mary Shelley from. 
She was born well, actually, on. I don't think anybody knows that really. They just know Young Frankenstein. What do you mean, Young Frankenstein? The movie Young Frankenstein. Mm. You know. Well, I feel like most people know that Frankenstein was based on a book. I hope so. So Mary Shelley was born on August 30th, 1797 to political philosopher William Godwin and philosopher and women's right advocate Mary Wollstonecraft. So Mary's father, William Godwin, was an English journalist, political philosopher and novelist. He is considered one of the first advocates of utilitarianism. Yes, utilitarianism. There was like 700 consonants in there. <laughs> and he's the first modern champion of anarchism. Yeah, this keeps popping up in our stories. I just, it's a common thread. The anarchy. Um, so William is most famous for two of his books that he published in basically one year. Uh, one called An Inquiry Concerning Political Justice, which was an attack on political institutions. And then another one called Things As They Are, or some know it as Caleb Williams or The Adventures of Caleb Williams. And it was a mystery novel. Um, but it, it, it it's a mystery novel, but it attacks um, people with privilege, basically. Oh. So he had success with both. Um, and became kind of well-known in radical circles in London in the 19, I mean, I'm sorry, the 1790s. So, um, you know, he was bebopping around with the, the light kind. Yeah. Then Mary's mother, whose name is also Mary, mm-hmm. because this is common as well, that the mothers name their daughters after them. So Mary Sr., <laughs> I mean, it has to happen, you know. (laughs) Was a British writer, philosopher, and advocate of women's rights. Her life encompassed several unconventional personal relationships at the time. Mm -hmm. And that ended up receiving more notoriety than her actual writing. Like, her personal life got a little bit more attention than her writing. As it Um, did. As it used to be like that all the time. As it still is. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so today she's regarded as one of the founding feminist philosophers and feminists of today's time will cite her life and works as very important influences. And she wrote a book called a vindication of the rights of woman in 1792. And I bet you that's a really interesting read. Like it's gotta have the craziest language. Probably a quick synopsis of what the book is, is that she argues that women are not naturally inferior to men, but appear to be only because they lack education. And she suggests that both men and women should be treated as rational beings. And she imagines a social order founded on reason. And I just am like, that well, too much to ask for. <laughs> still hasn't happened. No. It's been centuries. I just like how um, we have to, she's requesting that we be perceived as rational beings. Oh, she was saying that both men and women should be treated as rational beings. Oh, I thought it was mostly regarding women's treatment. 
I no. understand. Oh, well, no, yeah. she's saying that basically humans should be treated as rational beings and operate within a social order founded on reason. So she's like, how about we all use our logic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns out. <laughs> So, so yeah, this still hasn't happened. <laughs> still hasn't happened, Mary Senior. Um, so we'll we'll talk about her relationships, her unconventional relationships for a hot second, because she had two ill-fated affairs. Like they were basically set up to fail from the beginning. Oh, One with Henry Fuseli. He was a Swiss painter and writer. And he actually has a famous painting called The Nightmare that's at the Detroit Institute of Arts. Mm-hmm. So that's you pretty go, cool. You could go to the DIA and check out his one of his works. And then her other affair was with Gilbert Imlay, and he was an American businessman, author, and diplomat. She actually had a daughter with him, Fanny Imlay. And all of this happened before she married William Godwin, who is Mary Jr.'s father. So in 1973, or oh my God, why do I keep inverting these numbers? It's like my because. brain won't even let me to say the 1700s. Like you can't <laughs> even let me go that far back. Nope, you weren't there. In <laughs> 17. <Never> there. <laughs> in 1793. During the French Revolution, Emily, the guy that she had the affair with and the daughter with, mm-hmm. he became a diplomatic representative of the United States to Ooh. France. Okay. So he was kind of off pursuing his own business interests and running the British blockade and. Oh, okay. Doing all the things. Doing everything but really having a relationship. And um, during all of this, though, is how he met Mary Sr. Because she was, you know, an advocate for women's rights on the front line, getting herself involved in politics. And she was trying to shield herself from the French Revolution. So she actually registered at the American embassy as... Emily's wife, but they were never actually married. So Mary Senior. Yes. When okay. Mary Senior. Mm-hmm. So her and Emily shared a home in Paris, but Emily was gone for extended periods of time. And this obviously upset Mary Senior, his quote unquote wife and he ended up returning to london mary (laughs) senior had their daughter with her fanny and she was left alone in paris oh (laughs) so she she does rejoin him in england she carried her infant daughter to scandinavia in search of a shipload of French silver on the request of her quote unquote husband and then returned to London only to discover that he was living with an actress. <laughs> I know this story has it all. And we're not even on to Mary Shelley yet. So 
obviously that ended their relationship and Imlay had no interest even in his own child. So Mary Sr. actually passes away pretty young and Imlay lets her new husband take care of his kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a brain fuck. I know. Yeah. So Mary Sr. died only 11 days after giving birth to Mary Jr. Oh, man. They never got to hang out. No. And so Mary Sr. died of pure, pure, purple, pure, pearl fever. It's a postpartum infection. It's known as um, childbed fever. And so it's a bacterial infection in the reproductive tract, usually in the uterus. And it comes after childbirth or a miscarriage. And so um, since Mary Sr. died, Mary Jr. was raised by her father, who educated her and kept her connected to her mother by reading like her mother's works and everything. But she didn't get like a formal education. And so he really encouraged her to continue to follow down the anarchy path, you know? <laughs> yes. He, well, he well, taught her a lot. Of, yeah. He taught her a lot about like political theories and things. Um, so you've got now Mary Jr. and Fanny Imlay, who are stepsisters, being cared for by William. The so Williams like I need help. Yeah, clearly. I got two girls on my own. So when Mary Jr's 4, William marries a neighbor whose name is also Mary. Come on. <laughs> I know. It's getting it's really hard to keep track of all the neighbor names in the story. Mary. Yes. Mary Jane Claremont. Okay, Mary Jane. So Mary Jr. and Mary Jane don't like each other. It's shocking. Um, Mary Jr. felt like Mary Jane favored her own children because she had two children that she brought with her into this whole relationship. What so a now bunch. there's four kids. What a bunch. And then I think that William and Mary Jane have a fifth kid together. Sounds about right. <laughs> So Mary Jr.'s dad, William, he was consistently in debt and had failing businesses, which were on this historical trend that we continuously find ourselves on where money to just lose where the men just, I don't know, live in the clouds or disappear. And so. He ends up borrowing lots of money and never really pays it back. So he's being threatened with going to debtor's prison. (laughs) Okay, debtor's prison. So even despite the fact that he had like money problems, he still tried to educate Mary Jr. And her and her half and step siblings received probably more education than most girls at that time. Um, 
Somehow he still paid for her to have a governess, which is basically a daily tutor. Wow. Um, I mean, he cared for her, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her father's, one of her father's failed businesses is actually, they, they're like a publication house and he makes um, children's books. Aww. So she would like read her own father's books about like Greek history and stuff like that. So Mary Jr., though, at some point was one, was sent to stay with a radicalist, William Baxter. So we have another William. <laughs> they all have the same name. Um, so she was sent to Scotland for a temporary period of time. I mean, there's a lot of like speculations as to why. Some of it's because of her health. Some of it's because of education. Some of it's just because her and her stepmom couldn't get along. So she actually liked it in Scotland that she went back voluntarily a second time, though. Oh, wow. um, so in between her time going back and forth between England and Scotland, she met this guy named Percy Shelley, which is very telling, right? And yes. so Percy had been hanging out with her dad. So when she came home in between her two stints, she met him at her house because he was hanging out with her dad. Ew, I feel like I'm creeped out by this, maybe. He's he's not that old. Okay. No. <clears throat> so in 1814, she's 16 years old. Percy was already married but became estranged from his wife. And he came from money. So he was hanging out with Mary Jr.'s dad and promised to help pay off some of his debt. Um, his his view, Percy's view of radicalism was that he wanted to like do good with his money and do it, donate it to people who were disadvantaged and um be more philanthropic and his family was like hell no like that's not gonna happen <laughs> hell no. so he couldn't get access to the funds that he promised to mary jr's dad and so ultimately dad felt betrayed because he'd been lied to but meanwhile in the background mary jr and percy began secretly seeing each other and you know where they're hanging out where at mary senior's grave oh no they they would go meet up in the churchyard like that's where they fell in love oh no yeah so she was 16 and he was 21 okay so for that time Eh, it's not not that bad no So it's also like rumor has it that Mary lost her virginity at the courtyard or the churchyard as well. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So her dad is not happy about this relationship. So Mary Jr. Shit wouldn't get me any money. Fuck (laughs) it. So Mary Jr. and Percy elope. In 1814, they just secretly leave for France, but they didn't actually officially get married. Oh, God. And they took one of Mary's stepsisters 
Jane. Oh, uh-oh. Who was a daughter of Mary Jane. Yeah. One of the ones that are probably, like, protected. Yeah, so Jane goes with them, but Jane's later known as Claire Claremont. I, <laughs> that's a choice. That is a choice. She decided to go by Claire instead of Jane. <laughs> Knowing her last name is Claremont. Um, (laughs) So now there's a trio of them. They travel to Paris. And we always talk about like, how do they travel among like all these different countries and make their way everywhere, right? So it says that they get to Paris by donkey, mule, carriage, and foot. And they're going through France, which was recently ravaged by war. I was going to say, it sounds real luxurious. (laughs) There was the French Revolution. And so they eventually end up in Switzerland before they run out of money. Just fucking (laughs) wild. Wild. I know. So they, they run out of resources and then they head back to England. You know what? We need to turn around. We don't have enough cash. Uh... (laughs) Literally, just stop walking and turn around. Yeah. But so then, you know. Donkey. Can I buy this donkey from you? Of course, there's a fun little surprise on this journey because Mary became pregnant. This bitch. <laughs> but they're nasty. penniless. They have no money. You nasty. Um, but Mary's father is so... Um disgruntled with this situation that he refuses to have anything to do with her oh so i got you a governess and this is how you were baby yeah so mary actually spends quite a bit of time not feeling well during her pregnancy and alone because her not really her husband because they didn't officially get married but you know her man her her man's um, and the stepsister are out gallivanting around. Oh dear. Yeah, they they had an affair. A stepsister named Claire Claremont. You know yes. she's trouble. So Mary was jealous of the relationship, but also because of her upbringing, believed in free love. So she was trying to back her actual have yeah like have an open relationship like it actually got to the point where percy was encouraging her to have a relationship with a male friend of theirs but she never really did it like it just only went to flirting because she was so devoted to percy that she actually called herself mrs shelley even though they weren't married oh dear and um, a lot of times they were moving around a lot and um, avoiding creditors. <laughs> so just only one year later, she's 17 now. <laughs> I mean, a lot goes down. You know, we live and we learn. So she gives birth to a two-month premature baby girl who does not survive. So this obviously induces some depression and Mary was having haunted visions of the baby and it didn't, but it didn't keep her from like getting pregnant again. (laughs) So less than a year later, she gave birth to a second child. 
whom they named William after her father. Um, so shortly thereafter, she was birth. Mary, Percy, new baby William, and Claire travel back to Switzerland because Claire had an affair with poet Lord Byron and she was pregnant by we him. All, and we know Lord Byron. He has appeared in one of my stories. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That cocksucker. <laughs> so now the five of them, plus Lord Byron's up, doctor. <laughs> what a fucked up little trio of people. <laughs> you know like uh, we all have headsets yes yes so now the five of them plus lord byron's doctor so there's six of them that are staying in a villa close to lake geneva in mm-hmm. switzerland mm-hmm. the group entertained themselves one rainy day by reading a book of ghost stories Boo-boo-boo. lord byron suggested that they all should try their hand at writing their own story And so it's at this time that Mary began work on what would now become the famous novel Frankenstein. Or it used to be called the modern Prometheus. Prometheus. Yes. So it started out as a short story and it didn't turn into a novel until a while later. Right. But basically it spawned out of them being bored and needing to write ghost stories because the summer that they were there, Ended up being really rainy and they got all stuck inside a lot. Bored in the house and in the house bored. <laughs> yes. So once their summer of fun ends, they move back to England. <laughs> Mary Byron's dime, I'm sure. So Mary, Percy, and their son live in a house. And then Claire lives separately in a house nearby. Mm-hmm. During this time... Mary got some disturbing letters from her half-sister, Fanny, talking about how unhappy she was. And one of the letters was, like, I guess really, really alarming. And so Percy went on a manhunt, or I mean, I guess a woman hunt looking for Fanny, but he didn't find her in time. And Fanny ended up committing suicide by overdosing on opium. No, I know. Then... Two months later, Percy's real wife that he never actually divorced from. Right. That one. Her name's Harriet. And she committed suicide also, but she drowned herself in a lake. Why? By choice. That's a that's a that's a real rough way. I don't know why you'd want to feel that. Wow. That's, That's a lot of extra suffering. That's just uh, unless she wanted to hunt that water for the rest of her life. Then I understand a little bit. I don't. I still don't. (laughs) I I still don't understand how you would choose that as your path. But bewildering. I don't know. So this whole time turns out Percy and Harriet, his first wife or actual wife, they had two children. Oh. Oh, Percy. So he tried to get custody of them, but Harriet's family was like, hell no. Oh, you haven't been around, my guy. You've been fucking and sleeping with other women. No, yeah. no, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. So Percy's lawyers advised him to get married to try to help improve his custody case. As if there's like a woman involved, then maybe they would 
consider giving him custody. I don't think so, though. So Mary and Percy actually do officially get married while Mary is pregnant with their third child. Oh, my God. At this point, Mary's dad and stepmom attend the wedding and like the rift kind of goes away. That's good. Yeah. None of that helped Percy, though. (laughs) He was still deemed morally unfit and they did not give him custody of his children. For the best. So, um, yeah. Once Percy finds out, though, that his children are being placed with a clergyman's family, that same month, Mary gives birth to their third child, a daughter named Clara. It's it's a lot. So um, then now we're in the summer of 1817. Mary's 20. Why would we give? She's only fucking 20 at this point. Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. I know. I know. She's lived a life. I was like, maybe she's got to be 30 by now. Nope. Mm -mm. Just rounding out her teens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. Holy fuck. She's around 20 years old. And that's when she finishes Frankenstein. But it was published anonymously. So because it wouldn't have been received if it was from a woman. Possibly. Reviewers and readers assumed that her husband, Percy, was the author since the book was published with a, a, a previous a preface that was dedicated to William Godwin, which is Mary's dad. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone knows that that's also Percy's like political hero. Right. But um, anyway, in case people don't know, Frankenstein is a part gothic novel, part like philosophical novel um and fantasy yeah it well it's it's Sci-fi? considered an early example of science fiction yeah um so it basically narrates the consequences that arise after a scientist artificially creates a human being of sorts um so anyway the novel ends up being a huge success but that didn't really help them, I guess, with their money issues. I because Percy's still gallivanting around London trying to avoid creditors. And again, he's being threatened with debtor's prison now. Mm-hmm. And apparently their health wasn't good, and they were receiving threats of losing custody of their children. Um, so they actually decided to leave England and go to Italy the same year that Frankenstein was published. Like they just were like, I guess we got to get out of here. And, um, they took stepsister Claire and now Claire at this point has had her baby and they all go to Italy. Um, Claire though, once she got to Italy had to hand over her baby to Lord Byron. He was living in Venice. And he agreed to raise the baby as long as Claire had nothing to do with her. Well. I don't, there's a whole other separate story there, I'm sure. We'll find it out eventually. 
So they're bebopping around Italy and they can't ever stay in one place too long because they're being chased around. Um, and as I mentioned, they were all not in good health. I'm assuming they were not eating and everything else. So during this adventure, um, both, both of their children. So they had three, one died pretty quickly after childbirth. The other two now died on this trip around Italy, but it doesn't say what from. Oh my. And both children died within a year. Oh no. So unfit to be parents. So Mary spirals into depression and that has her focus on her writing. Um, her son actually passed away in June. And by the end of the summer, she had produced a novella called Matilda. No kidding. So the first name of that novella was actually called The Fields of Fancy, and it became Matilda. And it's um, it's kind of a fucked up story in a way. So it has to do with a young woman whose beauty inspired incestuous love in her father. And then um, the father ultimately commits suicide to stop himself from acting on his passions for his daughter. Well, okay. And then the daughter spends the rest of her life in despair, um, feeling responsible for an unnatural love. Um, so anyway, <laughs> okay. it, it was something, um, so during this time, though, she was pregnant with their fourth child, a boy named Percy Florence. So she named him after her husband. And this is their only child that makes it to adulthood. Okay. So Mary's often physically ill in and out of depression, yet she continues to write. She wrote a book to actually help with her father's financial difficulties um, because Percy refused to help him, I guess. I don't even know how they're helping other people at this point, but mm-hmm. um, on the side, Percy also had many other relationships with other women. Yeah, not cool. And again, Mary shared this belief of non-exclusivity in marriage. And so she tried to create some emotional ties with other people in their circle. Um, but it doesn't seem like it really went anywhere. And for the most part, it's kind of, written as though like she just coped with I this would imagine so yes um so in the summer of 1822 mary's pregnant again <laughs> she moves with percy claire and friends the friends are edward and jane to this isolated villa in italy so shortly after they got to this villa though Claire learns that her daughter died of typhus fever. Oh, no. And then shortly after that, Mary has a miscarriage. Oh, my. And she lost so much, so much blood, she almost died. Oh, my goodness. So instead of waiting for a doctor, Percy put her in a bath of ice to stop the bleeding. And the doctor said that that's actually what saved her life. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Learn something new every day. So 
obviously not all is well. <laughs> We've landed at the not well part. <laughs> so at this point, Percy's now spending more time with one the friend Jane who came along with them. And not paying that much attention to his depressed and, you know, debilitated wife. So um, much of his short poetry, because he was an author as well, he talks about Jane rather than his wife, Mary. Oh, boy. And so, yeah, if that's not, you know, weird and horrible enough, Percy hangs out with Jane's husband, Edward, like they're buddies. And they would go do things like sailing. Oh, my God. And so one of the times they set sail, they never made it back home. Oh, no. So a letter was sent to Mary and Jane from whoever the people were that they were, like, whoever the men were visiting, Mm -hmm. those people that they were visiting sent a letter to Mary and Jane asking about the guy's arrival. Like if, oh, no. like if they made it home, they said there was a, that they had a concern because there was bad weather. So Mary and Jane pack up and go hunting them down, trying to find them. And 10 days after the storm, Percy, Edward and their boat boy, all their bodies washed up on the shore. Oh, my gosh. This is fucking crazy. I know. I know you should have um, witnessed me trying to put this story together (laughs) with all the similar names and all these people and all the tragedy and trying to get the timing right because there's this is all happening in a compressed timeline because Mary ends up being a widow at 24. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Less than 10 years. All of this has happened between 16 and 24. So now what? Well, so now she has to support herself. So she returns to London and actually became a pretty successful novelist and had a good writing career. She did like, she was a biographer and a travel writer. And um, she edited and promoted her husband's poems as well. However, Percy's father, Sir Timothy, oh boy, was not happy with Mary publishing Percy's poems. And he had been providing financial support. And so he threatened to cut her off unless she agreed to not publish them anymore. Of course, Mary refused. And so then Sir Timothy threatens to withdraw all support for his grandchild because she has the one surviving kid. Unless Mary surrenders her son to his care. Nope. Of course, she refused again. Like, who's the, you know, who's this guy think he is? Right. So eventually, Sir Timothy relents. And ends up sending them small amounts of, like, allowances every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, not long after all this drama, there's an heir behind Sir Timothy that's supposed to, like, get everything, right? There's some other person in the family lineage mm-hmm. that is a guy that's supposed to get this stuff. But apparently he dies. 
And so Mary's son ends up becoming the heir. (laughs) So after Sir Timothy dies, Mary's son's now is going to be the heir. And he finds like they find this out and he's like seven. (laughs) Fuck yeah, though. So Mary's main concern is getting her son into school and she gets him educated. Frankenstein ends up becoming um a play she gets to actually see it and she's like oh my god i'm famous like (laughs) and frankenstein was republished like three different times Mm -hmm. um different little iterations and things so she finally got her own notoriety for it um so she just continues writing and supporting her kid and then there's some affairs and things are like i don't know lovers and whatnot but nothing's ever she doesn't ever get married again Mm -hmm. um i mean why would you after that wild (laughs) time right i'd be like i've seen it all we're good yeah thank you so then in 1844 sir timothy finally dies at age (laughs) 90 he lives Uh till 90 jesus so now they're financially independent without him, but the estate actually isn't as valuable as they thought it was going to be. <laughs> so anyway, um, I guess because now she's kind of taken over this estate and is successful on her own. Um, and a lot of the stuff that she's put out there is very personal. Um, writings about her own life percy's writings etc there's three different blackmail schemes where they attempt to try to get money like random people attempt to get money out of her and well i don't i mean she knows them somehow right i didn't dig Mm -hmm. into it but basically people threatening like i'm gonna reveal x information if you don't give me x money and she's like reveal it i don't give a shit (laughs) god truly she's like Okay. I don't see it at all. Go ahead. <laughs> so Mary figures out who the culprits are and just is like, okay, do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, she also though spent a lot of time physically ill. Like this has been a theme throughout this entire story. And um, while a lot of this was going on, I think she just also was like, I don't I don't feel good enough to deal with any of this and was really suffering a lot. She had headaches and she had bouts of paralysis and um, it stopped her from being able to like read and write and do what she likes to do. And so in 1851, she actually died at age 53. Wow. Um, I was thinking she was going to be in her thirties seeing the cadence of this shit, but (laughs) Glad she made it to her 50s. She made it till 53. The phys- the physician suspected that it was a brain tumor. Oh, wow. That's a bummer. So she was laid to rest with the cremated remains of her late husband's heart. I know. It couldn't. It has to end on a weird note. It does. It does. It really fucking does. <laughs> but remember, I had done a story um, where somebody's heart was laid to rest somewhere besides their, where their body was. I can't remember who it was right now, but I think that was a practice. You know? mm. 
So I use places. <laughs> I use biography.com, Wikipedia, Britannica, and poetryfoundation.org to get Thanks. to my information today. Shout out to your sources. Man, what a fucking crazy story. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna I can't wait to listen to this one again. It's it's a lot of information to take yeah, in. Yeah, just jarred all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you know how my brain was functioning when I saw the guy initially for my date, where I'm just like, I don't know if I like you. I'm overwhelmed. I got I gotta go. <laughs> so Too many funny. data inputs. <laughs> so fucking funny. So funny. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that amazing adventure with us. Adventure time. It, it's I mean, I almost gave up on this story halfway through because it was so much. Because you don't understand how much I didn't include. Oh, I'm imagining quite a bit. Quite another second part, if you will. <sighs> I'm sure. Well, I mean, I know you have an added girl, aside from this amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. So added girls are things that we pet ourselves in the back for, um, whether it's something good that happened to us or something good that we did. And... um. My out of girl, you know what? Maybe it is just the fact that I uh stepped out of my usual behavior yes. and went out with somebody randomly um just to see what the universe was going to serve me. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I am out of girl. You really went ahead and did something you'd never do. I know. Proud of you. Proud of you. I, I know. It's your season of living, so yeah. I mean, the interesting thing is that on the date, I mean, after we both said, like, it's just kind of going okay ish, right? Like, no fireworks. He was like, but it's not like I'm angry that I'm spending time with you. Like, I'm not like resentful or something that I'm spending. I'm not, no, it's not, it wasn't bad. Right. It just wasn't chemistry. Sparkly. It wasn't sparkly. And I get that. So, my good lord. Well, my a girl is that. I finally started eating things over in my garden this past week. Oh, I'm God. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I How many pickles. different girls can you get out of this garden? Listen, I'm proud of myself. I've <laughs> made myself at least two cucumber salads and a squash situation. So, <laughs> you know, I'm excited about it. I made pickles, too. Hopefully they turn out well. I think we're going to try them tonight. <laughs> Okay, well, add a girl for Thanks. producing organic oh. fruits and veggies. Yeah, not fruits. I don't have any fruits yet. Oh, I wish I did. Well, isn't it argued though that tomatoes are fruits? Yeah, but they're not. I haven't had any of those yet either. Oh, you haven't? Mm -mm. Oh, they're okay. on their way though. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, well, if you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, subscribe. We'd love for you to tell your friends about us. And you can also request the whole of history by emailing us at homancepodcast at gmail.com or um, DMing or commenting on Instagram at homance underscore chronicles. You can get your homance chronicles gear at etsy.com slash shop slash Nicole Bonneville. And you can get regularly jarred by following the <laughs> Facebook closed group, The Homance Chronicles, A Judgment-Free Zone. The Homance Out. <laughs> <laughs>